This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Welcome back to Mind Your Business. I'm Lauren Feldman. I'm here with Josh Reeves, co-founder and CEO of Gusto, which combines payroll and benefits and HR uh, functions into one subscription-based software program. Welcome to Mind Your Business, Josh. It's great to be with you. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, Gusto got started. Uh, what gave you, uh, I know you're a co-founder, what gave you guys this uh, this notion? Yeah, so we started the company about seven years ago now. I have two other co-founders, and kind of what what drew us into this space, because we, we kind of call our product the people platform. It's all the things related to building a team, paying your team, helping them go do great work, is each of us as co-founders had really run prior small businesses. So we kind of felt the pain ourselves using other existing solutions. So that was one catalyst. And then the other did you was, Did you have your own had, small business? Yeah, I did actually. It was a, a small uh, tech company started in 2008 uh, that we actually um, exited in 2010. And what did that business do? So that business was uh, basically helping companies um, kind of participate in the Facebook kind of social media environment. And, and I have a bunch of learnings and lessons from that experience, by the way, that did inform how we approach building Gusto. But I would describe that whole business as a very reactive business. We're making a lot of ad revenue, but there was a lack of purpose and long-term meaning. And so it was the pain we felt literally in paying teammates that actually led us to want to tackle this very foundational, nitty-gritty problem around making things like taxes work better and easier and making sure it was simpler for you to onboard someone to your organization. So... uh... You, you did this about seven or eight years ago. What was the vision from the beginning to do a uh, subscription-based uh, platform that would tackle all these problems? We're very focused on the employer, the employee. So we saw a lot of pain out there. And, and the pain that got us excited was really you have 40% of companies still doing things like payroll by hand. And every year, you know, a significant percentage are making <laughs> That's mistakes. not 40% today, is it? Today, is it really a lot of folks in the U.S. still doing it by hand? Because you know what, ten years ago, by hand made sense, right? If you're a small business owner in a store, you're not going to go meet, you're not going to go, you know, install software on your computer late at night. You're going to go meet someone face to face. But now someone has a computer in their pocket, and so we got excited about could we just take this very painful thing and automate and streamline it, and then help you focus on your people more, which is really what business is all about. Is uh, your software something that makes financial sense to a business of any size, no matter how small? So our focus is really on small business. One to 100 employees is our sweet spot, but you can be two employees and use Gusto. Uh, it costs $39 a month and $6 per employee, so it's a very affordable uh, entry point. And we do all the taxes, all the filings. We also help set up health insurance, HSA, FSA. There's a whole host of things that have been very siloed in the past for a long time. And our goal is to be your partner. So, yes, it's technology, but we also have great service. If you want to call us, talk to us, we're here to help. You originally uh, debuted as Zen Payroll. Am I right about that? Yeah, way back when. Good uh, good history knowledge. <laughs> and um, the, the name change, was that because you uh, expanded your offerings beyond payroll, or was there uh, another factor there? So that was part of it. We actually had always kind of planned to change our name, and, and part of that is just in business, you always have a million things to do. When we literally chose the names on payroll early on, we only had a few days to choose a name. It cost us $6 on GoDaddy. We chose it and said, we'll come back to this when we have more time. 
so we knew that it wasn't the right long-term name because we do a lot of things and payroll is at the core of it. We wanted a name that was more flexible. But in 2015 is when we announced the shift to Gusto. And it was really fun to share that with the world. And uh, it's so interesting because I, I think people people just obsess over names and uh, you know i often wonder whether the obsession is at all worth it does you know does it really matter um you know did uber have to be called uber uh, would it have not succeeded if it had been called you know anything else uh what, 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 what's, what's your take on that yeah i mean I, I, so by all means to me the very core of everything a business does is are you serving the customer well and are you doing it in a way you are proud of the name to me is a vessel and so you know, you fill the vessel with meaning by serving the customer well. We just wanted a better vessel. So I would say, you know, it's not the make or break part of a business, but it can be with the right name, definitely uh, helpful long term because we can define what gusto means. We talk about it as like when you do work you love, you're good at, that's working with gusto. When you hire someone and they feel appreciated and welcome <laughs> to your team, you know, that's working with gusto. And so it kind of works off, off uh, the language part as well. Um, but, did, but customers choose us because of what we do for them, not because of our name. Did you guys come up with that name yourselves, or did you pay somebody to uh, create a name? So it was an internal process. We definitely had lots and lots of inputs to it. But we involved the whole company. One of our core values is transparency. And so you know, we're 800 people today at Gusto, and at that point we were you know, quite a bit smaller. But it was really fun. I mean, everyone connects to it because you wear a shirt with it. You talk to your family about where you go to work every day. And so... Um, it was, a, it was a collective effort. It's definitely tricky, I can tell you. It's, uh, I'm actually having my first, my wife and I are having our first child in a few weeks, and we haven't chosen a name for our Congratulations. child Congratulations. So, <laughs> you know, uh, well, are you going to take the same approach? Are you, you going to just pick one quickly and then plan to change it later? I hope not. I don't think she would appreciate that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, you'll have to let us know what you decide with that. Um, you, you decided to go after a market where kind of by definition, the, the, the margins would have to be slim if you're going to serve, you know, businesses as small as, as one employee. They obviously don't have a, a ton of money to throw around. Uh, tell, tell us about your business model. How, how have you made that work? Yeah, it's really what makes what makes this an exciting time for small businesses, in my opinion, is technology companies like Gusto are able to focus on that market. And it actually is viable because... We didn't have to invent things like mobile, cloud, or paperless. And by leveraging those three technologies, we actually can have a good business model and offer a much lower price point because we're not doing all those tax filings by hand. right? We process hundreds of millions of documents today, tens of billions of dollars, but we're doing that through software and automation, which is actually more accurate and more scalable. And a lot of those building blocks weren't around 10, 15 years ago. So it's just a market that was always large, right? One to 100 person companies is, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but it's a third of the workforce. It's 98% of the employers in America. It's amazing businesses, um, including some businesses our families are in. And, uh, and now we're able to go bring them a product that actually is very simple, easy, powerful, and affordable. And uh, we see other companies doing that too, whether it's Square or Shopify, and I think that's a great thing for small business. When you talk about doing uh, taxes uh, for businesses, I assume that means that you're handling their basic accounting function as well. There, there's a lot of competition in that area. Is is that something that you offered from the beginning, or is that a, a more recent addition? And um, is that a, a big uh, seller for you guys? Is that something that drives customers to you? 
So I'll clarify, yeah, we, we actually partner with accounting software providers like QuickBooks or Xero. So we define kind of our product really as everything related to people inside your company. So the taxes we're doing are payroll taxes. So it could be things like all of the money that needs to go from the employer to various tax agencies. Now there's local, state, federal. The U.S. is more like 50 countries than one country when it comes to the complexity there. You have over 10,000 different local, state, federal tax rules. And so we are the ones that are basically taking full responsibility to go do that accurately, correctly, plus all the documents and filings. But your accounting function would be you working with an accountant. And we actually work with several thousand accountants as partners who actually often set their clients up on Gusto to do things like payroll, health insurance, employee onboarding, et cetera. Got it. Um, Do you help uh, e-commerce businesses handle sales tax in uh, multiple jurisdictions? So we don't do sales tax. Um, I know there's some good companies that do focus in that area. For us, it's it's all verticals. That's what's magical about small business. We are in all 50 states, all zip codes, all towns, all cities. Everyone needs to pay their team if they have a team um, in all industries. It could be uh, bakeries, flower shops, cafes, churches, hotels. We're very focused on the mainstream segment, but um, we don't do anything around sales tax or kind of your um, front office. We're focused more on the back office. So um, onboarding a new employee, setting up HSA, the FSA, the commuter benefits, um, enabling them to have access to health insurance for the first time. They get their own dashboard. They can uh, decide if they want to donate from their paycheck directly to uh, several thousand charities if that's of interest to them. But yeah, we're very focused on the the employer-employee interaction. How does the health insurance uh, piece of it work? Uh, Obviously, that's a very complex area. It's different in different states. Uh, how, How do you help businesses there? Yeah, almost as complex as payroll, I would say. Um, So what we are is a a broker. So we set up small group health insurance. That means we work with all the different carriers, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Kaiser, et cetera. We have licensed professionals who are on our team to advise our customer, if you want health insurance, here's the right plan for you. And then because we're the payroll system, it's very easy to set up because it's all in one place. So you don't have to go to multiple places. If you're using us for payroll, then we have the information we need to help make that enrollment process very simple. Uh, And then whenever you're going through an annual renewal or choosing a new health plan for your team, um, you can do that all through Gusto. So you said that uh, part of the impetus here was that you'd all been involved in businesses. You had a sense of uh, what the pain points were and you you were looking to, uh, to, to try to address them. What have you learned since then, dealing with this, uh, you know, very specific audience? Uh, have you learned more pain points? Have have the pain points uh, evolved through the years as you've been doing this? Uh, what, what do you sort of see as the, the state of the small business world today? I mean, we, we're, we're thrilled and honored, privileged to serve small business. I was going to mention the other catalyst was, you know, family running small business. My co-founder, his name is Tomer. He's from Israel. His dad runs a small clothing shop. You know, Tomer had grown up helping his dad in the store. My other co-founder, Eddie's mom, runs a small doctor's office. You know, she had done payroll on the kitchen table for decades. My mother-in-law runs payroll. So, you know, we knew we had some exposure to this segment. We've gotten a lot more through Gusto because we now serve over 1% of all employers in America. They're customers and, and trust us to help them with these important tasks. I think what I've learned is is now is just a great time. These folks have always been, you know, very focused on their people, their team, but they've kind of been wearing 20 hats for a long time and kind of just on their own to figure stuff out. 
And so we're still early in the journey, I would say. I mean, we're proud to be at 1%. We help our customers with a whole host of interlocking problems. But, you know, we're growing, we're recruiting, we're expanding our offering. Um, I still feel like we're at day one or early in the journey. Um, I hope to spend decades building Gusto because for us, again, it goes back to the pain point, the problem. And there's just so many folks still doing it by hand manually. And we want to really help them move to a cloud-based modern software solution. Uh, has anything not going gone the way you hoped it would? What, what, what kind of things have you struggled with? Well, where I spend a lot of time, and I would say there's always ways we can get better, improve. Nothing is ever done. But, you know, the rate of growth that we've gone through and, and the headcount increase is amazing. I love the people that have joined, but, you know, it hasn't always been simple, right? We have to think about finding the right leaders and, and making sure that the organization, how we make decisions, how we um, organize and keeps evolving over time. You know, we, uh, I guess, thankfully have always been very, very focused on customer and, and have delivered a really valuable experience to them since the early days. But yeah, I think, I mean, the pitfalls, the puzzles are really, you know, what is my role as CEO? How does that change? You know, it was a really fun phase a few years ago to start building out an executive team and go through the process of um, letting go, right? You know, giving other leaders in the company the chance to be responsible and kind of um, drive the areas that they're focused on. And, and my role evolves quite a bit, um, which I could talk about if that's of interest. Yeah, sure. Uh, how has it evolved? I mean, I, I, I go through multiple phases of the way I describe it. I think when you're at early founder stage, you know, there is really no leadership team. Everyone's an IC. Everyone's an individual just getting stuff done, right? Everything I was doing was around getting furniture for the office, getting food for the team, you know, answering customer calls, um, and, uh, and that's kind of phase one. Uh, phase two was, was now specialization, and I ended up focusing a lot more on our um, customer acquisition, go-to-market, and kind of how we work as a company, how we hire, what our values are. And then I'd say the last phase, and that's what I just alluded to, was, was building out a really strong leadership team. And thankfully, when I go on paternity leave in a few weeks, that still keeps running when I'm not here. Um, I'm not necessary for the day-to-day -day operations. And you know, that's that's the phase I'm in right now, which is being really deliberate where I spend time, whether it's on uh, our values, our long-term strategy, but you know, trying to balance not also getting in the weeds too much when I want folks on the team to really own the areas that they're responsible for. You, you talked about your the the company that you had started previously. Uh, I, I, I think it was uh, marketing related. Um, yeah. And Facebook. I'm I'm curious what what's been. Uh, you know, there are lots of people trying to reach the audience you're trying to reach. What's been most effective for you? So for us, the heart of our our growth strategy is really having an amazing customer experience, and so. Um, if you're familiar with the NPS, we have an NPS of over 70. That's one proxy for customers. Net promoter score. Um, Net promoter score. Basically right. asking people, would you be, how likely would you be to recommend this service to, to someone else? Exactly. So word of mouth, referrals, and uh, you know, our target customer is someone that wants to be in the driver's seat, wants to search online, doesn't want to be sold to. They want to go explore what's right for them, have their friends recommend stuff to them. And so that remains our biggest driver, organic inbound growth. And then um, we also created a program with accountants I mentioned earlier where we have now several thousand who basically are uh, resellers of Gusto. And so they're focusing on things like 
cash flow management, you know, budgeting, um, things that are really value add that, that take a person to do it with you as a business. But they're really excited to stop doing tax filings by hand or doing tax calculations and calculators. Like they're excited to have Gusto be the partner that does that for them. And so um, we have a, a volume discount. They can basically bundle Gusto into their offering. And so that's been another meaningful uh, growth channel for us. Do you advertise on Facebook? We do. So on the direct side, we have some paid programs as well, mostly to augment the organic side. So uh, we do some search uh, advertising. I think we do definitely some retargeting on Facebook as well. But the heart of it is the organic piece and then content. We produce a bunch of um, articles and information trying to help answer some of these questions that folks have because you know, navigating government complexity and, and tax and filing complexity isn't really how a business stands out. They want to stand out by having a better product or you know, serving their team better, um, but they have to do these things. Otherwise, they'll get in trouble and get fines and penalties. And so um, we like to produce content, too. Even if you're not a paying customer, you can still benefit from some of the stuff that we're creating. You produce good content. I've read quite a bit of it. Uh, where where should uh, listeners go if they want to uh, check out what you guys are producing? So it's easy to get to from gusto.com. Uh, that's probably the best place because there's a couple different um, types of content repositories that we create. But if you go to the header, you can see some of the different pieces. We call part of our content framework, um, but we also have uh, a bunch of stuff that we publish on third-party sites as well. Are you guys making a profit? Uh, we are not profitable today, but intentional. Uh, we're doing a lot of investment in engineering, and a lot of that is for new products and features that we believe can really help our customers in the future. But fundamentally, it's a very sound business. You know, We're a subscription, as you mentioned, company. Every customer pays us, and we have you know, solid gross margin there. Uh, and we also, you know, really care a lot about cost-effective growth. There's a lot of ways in Silicon Valley to turn $5 into $1. It's really never a good idea. <laughs> so we, from day one, if you just take that long-term mindset, we want to spend decades really building this. You um, are in Silicon so Valley. You you have taken uh, venture capital. Not everybody who does that is is really thinking long-term as you are. Uh, do people look at you funny when you when you talk about that? I mean, I like being different, I guess. That's probably my answer to that. Um, yeah, like we, we're here to go build an enduring business. You know, the the noise, there's a lot of benefit to being here. I was born and raised here, but my, my family's not from here. My parents are both teachers. My dad grew up in Pennsylvania. My mom's from Bolivia. She's an immigrant, came to the U.S. when she was 18. Um, and uh, and they were first to go to college in their families. So, you know, I, I came from a world that was not very tech-related to through Stanford and after getting a lot more exposure to it. Um so we like being here, but we have an office in Denver. Over half of our team is in Denver. And uh, and I also love getting out of the echo chamber because it definitely can feel a little bit disconnected from you know, mainstream society. Josh, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us today. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.